0: mountain town miranda by ivory harlow i miranda tossed the junk mail in the trash she assumed the second notice from a texas law office was spam to get her to sign onto a class action lawsuit or inquire if a drunk driver had injured her it didn't occur to her that the information was legit until she received a call from the wayne wilson esquire's law clerk mr wilson would like to know when you can travel to mountain town to take possession of the property what property your deceased husband's property, located at 111 State Highway 167. It must be a mistake. I don't have a Miranda started explaining that she didn't have a husband, let alone a dead one, or one that owned property, but before she uttered the last word, she remembered she did. Years earlier, Miranda met Kimber Keller on the rodeo circuit. She was a trick rider, and he rode Bronx. Kimber was what cowboys call a good-time Charlie. Because of that, And the fact he was 12 years younger than her, she thought his flirting with her was harmless and didn't take his advances seriously. Nevertheless, there was no reason not to have fun together while they traveled across the Western US on the pro rodeo circuit. They had a little too much fun together on a night out during the national rodeo finals in Las Vegas. Drunk Miranda took tipsy Kimber to have and to hold with Elvis as a witness. They laughed it off the next morning in their hotel room. Neither of them thought about the long-term implications. The relationship came to a natural and amicable end a few weeks later. Miranda hadn't spoken to the cowboy since. After almost outing herself to the clerk, Miranda requested a Zoom meeting with Mr. Wilson, the attorney, to understand her rights. She took the call in the stable at work, balancing her laptop on a stack of hay bales. Your husband did not leave a will. The probate court determined that as his surviving spouse, You receive all the property, both real and personal, the lawyer explained. What does real and personal property mean? All assets. He shuffled papers and adjusted his glasses. 186 acres of fenced land, home and contents, barns, a personal vehicle, and two. Miranda tried to hide her delight. She was a grieving widow, after all. So you're telling me that all I need to do is sign some papers? Yes. Kimber Keller owned the property outright. So, there are no debts to settle with the estate. In that case, I'll be in Mountain Town on Monday morning. That'll be fine, he said, and again, I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you, Miranda nodded solemnly and closed the laptop before allowing a smile to spread across her face. Third, Miranda whistled as she worked grooming horses, cleaning stalls, and ensuring the Double J stables were pristine for the elite clients that boarded their horses or took riding lessons at the ranch. She secretly loathed the hooty clients, tiptoeing around the barn to save their stylish boots, running from horse flies, and turning up their noses in disgust at horse poop. It was a working ranch, after all. She mostly mustered a smile and removed the offending poop from their path. But some days, such as the day she was giving a riding lesson to a young girl, and the girl started crying when the horse paused for a long pee in the arena. It took all Miranda's strength not to smack the horse on the ass to gallop away with the crybaby. James and Judy owned the double J. Unlike their clients, they were reasonable. Down-to-earth folks, Miranda liked her bosses and knew how much they depended on her to run their She felt bad for the short notice, asking for time off to handle a family emergency in a place called Mountain Town. She considered outright quitting, but despite the lawyer's assurance, She was skeptical about inheriting property from a deceased husband she nearly forgot she had. If transferring ownership was as easy as Mr. Wilson said it would be, she'd call with the bad news that she wasn't coming back. She liked work at the Double J, and she liked working for James and Judy, but earning $19 an hour as a ranch hand wasn't a compelling reason to come back if the property played out. What's the name of the town again, Judy asked. Mountain Town, Miranda said. You have family there, had. Sorry to hear. We weren't close, Miranda shrugged off the condolence, but I'm the only, er, relative, so I have to meet the lawyer to settle the estate on Monday morning. Travel safe and call if you need anything James offered. Ivy, Miranda grew up going between her divorced parents' houses. Then she lived on the road for nearly two decades as a trick rider. She retired from rodeo when she was 38 And worked various jobs across the usa including a wrangler in montana and horse breeder in kentucky in short she spent her life living lightly it took her 30 minutes to pack up her apartment and load the car with her belongings she woke up early sunday morning splashed water on her face and pulled her blonde hair back into a ponytail she didn't waste time applying makeup or studying herself in the mirror at age 52 she discovered a new fine line every time she looked closely at her face. At least she still had her body. Years of competitive riding toned her body. Muscle memory and an active lifestyle training horses kept her strong and in Miranda headed south, hoping to view her mountain town property before dark. It was not so much a question if she liked it. She found good things about every place she lived, which is why she could drop everything and move across the country sight unseen. The way she saw it, Kimber liked Mountain Town enough to put down roots there, and he wasn't the settling type. She would acclimate to whatever awaited her. Miranda drove through a shallow basin dotted with limestone, passing between mountain ranges to enter Mountain Town. The mountains in Mountain Town were unlike any Miranda had seen living in the Appalachians and the Rockies. Appalachian Mountains were short and rounded. Rockies were tall with jagged peaks. These mountains were of medium height, They had blocky tops with rock pillars and hoodoos on their slopes. Mexican pinyon, emery oaks and junipers lined the volcanic peaks and hills. She saw what drew Kimber to the place. The landscape was wildly beautiful, and aside from the occasional ranch, the raw and rugged land was undeveloped. The address the lawyer's clerk gave her took her to a 16-foot metal gate with a giant no trespassing sign. She paid it no attention, opened the gate, and drove in and Dummy locked it behind her. The property would be hers in 12 hours, but right now she was breaking the law. She proceeded down the gravel driveway. A single wide mobile home came into view first, but the long rectangular barn adjacent to the house stole her attention. She pulled up alongside it, parked the car, and got out. The unique rock structure was over 350 feet long, but very narrow at 12 feet wide, with a eight-foot metal roof overhang. There were 25 Dutch doors to the outside, which suggested it had 25 individual horse stalls. She wondered how old the barn was. It clearly preceded Kimber owning the property. No one could afford to build a rock structure like that these days. Miranda tried the handle on the door at the south end of the barn. Finding it open, she let herself inside. The beauty of the exposed brick walls, rustic beams and polished concrete floors took Miranda's breath away. Kimber had completely renovated it. It was like him to live in a repo single wide and build a bougie tack room. She remembered he'd spent a year's rodeo winnings on a truck and trailer while he was living on the road, sleeping in roach ridden hotels. Kimber had not unpacked the half dozen rubbermaid containers stacked against the wall. She peeked in to see bridles, reins, leads and various tack. The walls had empty hooks and racks for saddles and blankets. Only two held saddles Miranda moved in for a closer look. One was a standard Western saddle, the other was Kimber's competitor saddle Miranda traced her finger over Kimber's monogram, tooled into the worn leather. She remembered this saddle draped over the lounger in many of the roach-ridden hotel rooms they shared on the road. That was so long ago, her heart ached for the feeling of being young and free again. Miranda pulled the door closed behind her as she exited the barn. She walked 50 years to a new four-bay commodity storage barn. It was tall with a slanted roof. It would hold hundreds of big bales of coastal hay and alfalfa when there were animals on the farm, but Kimber was currently using it as a garage for his truck and trailers. There was a small add-on to the metal pole building. The door was locked, but Miranda could see a large metal desk and filing cabinets through the window. The window glass also reflected the sun setting behind her. She turned to watch it sinking below the mountain ridge, at rapid speed. The range would be treacherous to navigate under the dark sky. Sharp turns and abundant nocturnal wildlife threaten longtime residents and newcomers alike. She'd best get to town to find lodging while she could still see it. There would be plenty of time to view the house and the rest of the property tomorrow after tomorrow's meeting with Mr. Wilson. Be- Associated Press Cheyenne, Wyoming A Bronc rider was killed over the weekend after getting bucked off a horse at a rodeo during Cheyenne Frontier Days, a Professional Rodeo Cowboy Association United Professional Rodeo Association event. KWWC in Cheyenne reported that Kimber Keller was bucked off a horse during Ranch Bronc riding. Paramedics were already at the arena and responded quickly, but Burks was later pronounced dead, KWWC reported. Cheyenne Frontier Days, is the world's largest outdoor rodeo and western festival, held annually in Cheyenne, Wyoming since 1897. Frontier Days officials called it a tragic accident. Our condolences to Kimber Keller's family, friends, and fans. Miranda checked into the historic Mountaintown Hotel and spent the evening googling Kimber. His death made headlines as far north as the Idaho Panhandle to the southern tip of Texas. She found his legacy Facebook profile and scrolled through messages from mourners. She read through his old ex posts, boasting about his rodeo successes. His Instagram account revealed pictures and plans to turn his Mountain Town ranch into a rodeo stock operation. She came to Mountain Town to state claim, feeling full of good fortune. Now she felt undeserving. Her sleep was restless. She'd barely dozed off when the alarm sounded. She showered and got ready, giving herself ample time to find Mr. Wilson's office. Mountain Town's main street ran alongside the railroad tracks. There was a strip of mom-and-pop shops and boutiques, a bakery, the Desert Rose Salon, a bookstore, and a coffee shop. Miranda followed her GPS onto a side street, passing Andy's Antiques, a hardware store, Carl's Diner, and the Mountain Town Bank. There was a historic courthouse on Town Square. Several government buildings and offices surrounded the courthouse. Mr. Wilson's law office was one. Good morning, Miranda. It's good to meet you in person, despite the sad circumstances, Mr. Wyson said as he pulled out a chair for her to sit at a conference table. His clerk accompanied them in the room. My associate will witness and notarize the paperwork, he explained. Thirty minutes and several documents later, Miranda walked out of the office with deeds in hand. She was the proud owner of the property at 111 State Highway, 167. Miranda felt a surge of excitement. She'd never owned property before. This time, when she reached the gate to the property, Miranda drove through with confidence and left the gate wide open. She parked next to the mobile home and pulled out the ring of keys Mr. Wilson had given her. According to the statement of ownership, the trailer was a 2003 model. The exterior siding was sun-faded, but an excellent She unlocked the front door and stepped inside. The smell was stale and vacant. She left the door open to let in winter's cold, dry air. She stepped into the kitchen. It had laminate cupboards and light gray linoleum. The countertops were dark blue formica. It was outdated, but there wasn't a spot or scratch. The living room had powder blue carpet. An oversized faux leather couch and matching recliner took up most of the small space. A folding tray table served as a coffee table. A spare leaned against the wall. There was an enormous 72 flat screen TV mounted to the wall between two windows. Miranda rolled her eyes. It was definitely a bachelor pad. At least he kept the place tidy. She proceeded down the hallway. The first door was a small bedroom. It was void of furniture, but Kimber packed the closet with rodeo gear. Miranda counted four boxes of rodeo trophies and awards. The second door was the bathroom. Miranda approached the last door cautiously. She assumed it was Kimber's bedroom and felt like an intruder in his most intimate space. The blackout curtains were drawn. Miranda felt the wall for the light. It illuminated a queen size bed covered with a worn hunter green comforter. There was a mahogany chest of drawers against the wall. A 5X7 framed photo of Kimber with a woman sat on top. Miranda picked it up. The pretty brunette had long, soft waves and full pink lips. Kimber's arm was around her shoulder. Her arms were around his waist. They looked like a happy couple. Miranda may have been his wife, legally, but she was never in love with Kimber. The gentle way he held her and the look of contentment on Kimber's face suggested she might be his true love. Miranda hoped so. She hoped he found true love before he died. She didn't feel an ounce of envy looking at the picture, just curiosity about who the woman is. Miranda placed it back on the chest of drawers. She thoroughly intended to purge the trailer of Kimber's things and make the place her own, but she didn't feel right throwing the picture away, at least not right away. Vi, hello. Miranda was in the commodity barn checking over the horse trailer when she heard a woman's voice. She thought she heard a vehicle coming down the gravel driveway, but she couldn't imagine anyone knew someone had moved into Kimber's property. Howdy. Miranda stepped out of the bay and walked towards the woman. She recognized her immediately. Her brown wavy hair framed her heart-shaped face. The sunlight reflected off her blue eyes. What can I do for you? She asked the woman without letting on that she knew who she was. Are you the new owner? The woman asked in an amicable manner. I am. My name is Miranda Miranda extended her hand. I'm Rachel. It's nice to meet you. She smiled sincerely. I knew the man who lived here. Are you a relative? I'm his wife, Miranda informed her. Well, his widow. The color drained from Rachel's face. She covered her mouth in shock. I'm so sorry for your loss. She stumbled. Thank you, Miranda said, waiting for the woman to make the next move. I don't mean to bother you during an already difficult time. Maybe I should go, Rachel asked. Tears were welling in her eyes. You look like you need to talk. Would you like some iced tea, Miranda felt sympathy for the woman. She was wary of Kimber's girlfriend's intentions and had come across hard. It was apparent the woman meant no harm, yes. I'd like that. Miranda led Rachel to the kitchen and poured two mason jars of tea. She invited Rachel to sit in the living room. They sunk into opposite sides of the couch. So, how did you know, Kim Miranda asked, wondering if Rachel would tell the truth. I mean no disrespect by coming here. I just wanted to come back one last time to see for myself he is gone. I saw the gate open and her voice trailed off. I don't know how to tell you this, but I am, was, his girlfriend. Rachel looked at Miranda. Her eyes begged for forgiveness Kimber and I dated six months. He never told me he had a wife. I'm so sorry. A cascade of tears burst from her eyes and carried mascara down her cheeks. Listen, Rachel, there is nothing to be sorry about. There is no reason he would have mentioned having a wife. She struggled with what to disclose to the stranger, but she didn't want to damage Kim's memory in the woman's mind. Kim might have been carefree and social, but he was a stand-up guy. What I mean is Kimber and I got married in Las Vegas many years ago. It was a what happens in Vegas situation. We parted ways after a few months. We hadn't been in contact in years when the lawyer called me about the The woman wiped her face with her sleeve. Still, I wish he told me. Oh, honey, he probably forgot about me. I totally forgot about him, Miranda said with nonchalance. Tears flowed again. I really loved him, Rachel sobbed. I thought he was the one. Miranda reached over and patted Rachel's lap. How did y'all meet? I'm an administrative assistant at an insurance office in Mountain Town Kimber came in to purchase farm and ranch policies, then kept finding excuses to stop by the office. My agent, Mr. Grosbeak figured out Kim's real motivations before I did. He set us up on our first date. The tears stopped temporarily. Rachel smiled. Do you think a person can fall in love in months? Rachel asked. Miranda estimated she was 15 years older than Rachel. She'd been ridden hard and put away wet enough times to think it was not possible to fall in love in six months. In fact, she didn't believe in romantic love at all. She thought love was a temporary paralysis caused by an infatuation that would eventually pass. It was simply the result of feel-good brain chemicals overriding good sense. Yes, for sure, a person can fall in love in six months, she said to console Rachel. She was too starry-eyed to handle the truth, especially while mourning. Would it be all right if I took a couple things to remember Kimber by? You can say no, and I'll understand. Of course it's okay. Take anything you want. Rachel lifted her grief-ridden body off the couch and went to the kitchen. She opened a cupboard and took out a ceramic coffee mug. It was a free promotional mug from Cavender Western Ware. This is the mug he drank his coffee out of every morning. She turned it around in her hand. Is there anything else that you'd like? He had this old denim shirt with snap buttons. The bottom hem was torn out. Have you come across? Not yet. Let's look in his closet Miranda Rose and walked towards the bedroom. They pillaged the closet until they found the shirt. Rachel brought it to her nose and took a deep breath. Poor lovesick girl Miranda thought of the irony of Kimber's wife and girlfriend bonding in this way. Here. Take this too, Miranda handed Rachel the frame. Thank you for being so kind to me, Miranda. I'm not sure I'd be the same if our roles were reversed. I'm glad you found one another Miranda wasn't a sentimental person, but she meant it. She walked Rachel to her car. The past wished the present well, Miranda waved as Rachel drove away. Vevin! Aside from the property and vehicles, Miranda inherited the $15,432 balance in Kimber's bank account when he passed away. Miranda thought it plus the money she'd set aside working at the Double J was enough to sustain her while she figured out a way to make a living with the ranch. She called James and Judy to tell them she wouldn't be returning to work. Mountain Town was her new home. Kimber's social media shared his vision of turning the ranch into a rodeo stock operation. Miranda liked the idea. A lifetime of working with horses as a trick rider, wrangler, breeder, and ranch manager equipped her with the skills and knowledge to run a successful Bronx stock program. The economics of such an enterprise were alluring. Stock contractors earned big bucks for top-notch rodeo animals, but getting a contract depended on connections and reputation, neither of which she had. The industry had a high barrier to entry. Miranda wasn't sure how to break that barrier. She was brainstorming about it while sorting through Kim's kitchen junk drawer. Every home has one, and Miranda liked how they contained bits and pieces of the homeowner's life that didn't fit anywhere. She honed in on an old Lawnstar beer keychain with several keys. She had yet to find the keys to the barn office. The new silver keys could very well be them. The brass keys were too small for an exterior door but might fit the office filing cabinets. Miranda hurried to the pole barn. She was eager to find the titles for the truck and trailers so that she could get them transferred into her name before the weekend. It would make sense if Kim kept the documents in the office. Sure enough, one of the silver keys unlocked the office door Miranda stepped inside. She had not noticed the coat rack in the corner when she peered through the window. Kim's old barn coat and cowboy hat hung, waiting for him to return. She checked the desk drawers first. There were a few yellow legal pads with notes and numbers, packs of post-its, and an accounting calculator. The top drawer had pens, pencils, and peppermint candies. Miranda sat in the office chair and rolled over to the filing cabinets. The brass keys fit. The vehicle files were in front. She lifted them out and set them aside making a mental note to get to the courthouse before it closed at 4.30 p.m. She browsed past files containing the location and depth of the three wells on the property. Good to know, but not immediately interesting. She found the warranty info for the commodity barn, which Kimber had put in last year. A folder labeled Stock Contracts caught her attention. She wiggled it out of the stuffed drawer. She skimmed the contents until her eyes fell on a date and dollar sign. On January Thiege, Don Aguilar of Aguilar Establos, SDRL, agreed to deliver the bucking horses to Keller Ranch, LLC, to be held for a quarantine period of day. As required by the U.S., Department of Agriculture Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, after which Keller Ranch, LLC, would serve as a subcontractor for Aguilar. She knew that the arrangement opened the American rodeo stock market for Don Aguilar to import stock. Kimber would earn $3,000 per horse to care for, and board Aguilar's stock at his USD, a certified courante facility, plus an additional $1,000 flat rate per quarter to transport the horses to various rodeos throughout the region. Miranda did the math. That would be $300,400 gross. January 15th was less than a month from today. She wondered if Don Aguilar was aware of Kimber's death. Was the contract still valid if Kimber was not? There was only one way to find out. Miranda located Mr. Aguilar's contact information at the bottom of the paperwork and punched the number into her phone. The aide, Don Aguilar was a gentleman vaquero. Everything about the man was polished and pristine, from his black truck to his black cowboy boots. I was 25 years old when I bought land in Nuevo Leon, Mexico, and started breeding horses, he told Miranda as he walked beside her. When he'd gotten the call, he'd insisted on coming to Mountain Town to meet with her and discuss the contract. Mr. Keller's expertise and ambition reminded me of those days. Today I own operations in Nuevo Leon, Jalisco, and Coahuila. I am too old and broken to do the daily work. I manage the business, including contracts, like the one I am here to speak with you about. Mr. Aguilar heard about Kimber's accident and subsequent death. Mr. Keller went to great lengths to apply for necessary permits and inspections to become a certified facility with the Department of Agriculture, Don told her. I was hopeful whomever took over the operation after his passing would call about the contract. Miranda told him that as his widow and now sole owner-operator of Keller Ranch, she was both willing and able to uphold the contractual obligation. Mr. Aguilar did not agree with her outright. In fact, She assumed his insisting to meet with her in person at Keller Ranch was to gauge if she had what it took to do the work. You know, American cowboys borrowed the term bronc from their Mexican vaqueros. The word comes from Spanish broncos, which means rough, he told her in his thick accent. I will cut to the chase. Mr. Keller was a veteran rodeo rider with a keen understanding of rodeo stock. I respected and trusted your husband to care for and deliver my award-winning horses. I'm here to find out if I can do the same with you. Miranda called Mr. Wilson, the attorney, after her initial phone conversation with Don. Mr. Wilson counseled that since the LLC's operating agreement did not name Miranda as a partial owner or inheritor of the business, Mr. Aguilar was under no legal obligation to honor the contract. Miranda's heart had sunk a little, but she was still optimistic Don might give her a chance. He'd already mentioned importing horses to the United States was a long and tedious process. The USD a certified Keller Ranch. It would be difficult to find another facility that could handle the agreed-upon volume of horses and delivery schedule. Don had promised the first delivery of horses to Fort Worth in February. Failing to deliver would reflect poorly on his operation. Finally, Keller Ranch's location in Mountain Town was strategic, just 90 minutes from the U.S.-Mexico border, and less than 10 miles from the interstate. The only other facility near the border was in Del Rio. Three hours away, Miranda gave Mr. Aguilar a tour of the finished facilities. She pointed out the quarantine receiving area, holding pens for inspection and stalls. Each stall had a clipboard to keep daily stall charts. She led him to the office area. This is where we will maintain permanent documentation for each animal, including health records. She pointed to the commodity barn, I will pick up a shipment of coastal hay and alfalfa on January 10th. Right before the horses arrive, Miranda said as though it were a sure thing. Hay and grain will be under covered and sealed storage for quality control. Last but not least, it appears you've thought of everything, Mrs. Keller. I know you don't know me, sir, but you can trust I know my way around horses. I met Kimber when I was a rodeo trick rider. I've run a breeding operation and worked as a wrangler and a riding instructor she explained. I'm willing to give you a chance, he said. I had my attorney draft a new contract with the first stock arriving in January, as intended and an option period for the rest of the year. Then, and two additional option years at a 6% and 9% increase for your services. Miranda extended her hand to shake Don Aguilar, then pulled a pen from her barn jacket and signed the line. Keller Ranch was in business. Miranda didn't think running the ranch on her own would be easy but she was seriously questioning if she'd survive it within a week of Aguilar's horses arrival she ran circles around the 20 to something wranglers in the past but the stress of being an owner operator on top of caring for the animals made her feel her age for the first time in her life each morning miranda jolted awake by her 4 a.m. alarm she was lucky if she got in bed before 11:30 p.m. typically she woke up feeling like she just laid down After prying her eyes open, Miranda would roll herself out of bed because her back hurt too much to sit upright. She hobbled to the bathroom and slapped two pain patches on the places that hurt the most, then dressed and made her way to the barn. The horses already recognized the hand that fed them. They whinnied at the sight of her approaching each stall with a grain bucket and scoop. They'd gobbled their grain and were eagerly awaiting hay by the time she made her second pass with the wheelbarrow. Mr. Aguilar said the word bronco comes from the Spanish and means rough, but I know you are sweethearts, Miranda said as she moved down the line of stalls, annotating charts. As overtaxed as she felt, the Bronx brought the ranch to life. Their presence on the ranch and their dependence on her made the place feel like home. Miranda was so hungry by lunchtime it felt like her stomach was eating itself. She'd been too busy with the horses to go to Mountain Town for groceries earlier that week. Now her refrigerator was empty Miranda rummaged through the kitchen cupboards. She found a can of refried beans and a jar of spaghetti sauce left from Kimber's occupancy. It looked like an unscheduled break to get groceries was on the afternoon agenda. Miranda covered her dirty hair with a cowboy hat and swapped her barn mucks out for a cleaner pair of boots. To her good fortune, Super S wasn't busy. She found a parking spot, then wove through the aisles with ease. There's a lot of truth about it being a bad idea at a grocery shop when you're hungry, Miranda thought, as she added two boxes of Tasty Cakes to her cart. Miranda stopped to fuel up on her way home. She opened a box of Tasty Cakes boxes while she filled the tank. Damn it. She heard from the other side of the pump. Oh, come on, the woman begged the pump. The voice sounded familiar. Miranda covertly peeked over and saw Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Having trouble with the pump? Hi, Miranda. Rachel diverted her attention to the greeting, then continued to fumble with the card reader. Here, let me help, Miranda said, stuffed the last of the sweet cake in her mouth, and took over the card reader. It's declined. Do you have another card? I tried the other one already, Rachel said in a tone of desperation. Maybe something is wrong with the reader, Miranda suggested. I wish, but I'm pretty sure my bank balance is the problem Rachel admitted. I got laid off. I'm sorry to hear that. Not a great way to start off the new year, she said. I applied for a billing position at the hospital and a teller opening at the bank, but no luck so far. There aren't a lot of jobs in Mountain Town and I don't have a degree. I doubt my application is on the top of anyone's stack Rachel. Let me buy you a tank of gas. Miranda pulled her card from her wallet. To help you get on your feet. I can't let you do that, Miranda. Yes. You can. Miranda inserted her card and started fueling. If you're interested in a job, I'm in a tight spot myself. I could really use some help on the ranch. I'm holding 25 Broncos now. I'll be transporting them to Fort Worth next month. I've had them less than a week, and they are taking their toll on me. I don't know what I was thinking, trying to run the ranch by myself. I would love to work for you, Miranda but I'm not cut from the same cloth as you and Kimber. I don't know the first thing about horses. I've been to one rodeo, when Kimber was riding in Abilene. What I need help with the most is the administrative stuff, record keeping, filing, correspondence, ordering supplies and equipment, bookkeeping, making sure permits and certifications stay current. I can handle the animals. Rachel's eyes perked up. I did all those things and more at the insurance office, she exclaimed. When can i start well if you aren't busy right now i assure you i'm not too busy wallowing in self-pity and begging for gas rachel joke i'll follow you to the ranch see you there miranda said and got in her truck kimber was probably looking down laughing at his wife and girlfriend running his ranch together it was the sort of story he'd tell over beer ironic as the arrangement was it had win-win-win potential kim's legacy would live on rachel got a new job and Miranda wouldn't have to admit defeat and begged on Aguilar for forgiveness. Rachel traded her signature brunette waves for braids and a ball cap. She had the ranch office in order within a week. By the end of her second week, Rachel had organized the tack room. One afternoon, Miranda noticed Rachel loading the boxes of Kimber's Rodeo Awards in the back of the truck. I thought I'd swing by the dump since I'll pass it on the way to the feed store, she offered. It's sad that Kimber's prized possessions are trash now that he's passed but I don't know what else to do with boxes of plastic trophies, pins and medals. The best things in life aren't things Miranda shrugged. She walked over and peeked into the boxes. You know, it's probably for the best that I've never stayed in a place long enough to accumulate stuff. I don't have kids or family who would... Rachel frowned. Do you have regrets about not settling down and having kids? She asked. I didn't own a Ken doll when I was a little girl. Just Barbie and her horse dancer. I never wanted a husband or kids. I wanted a horse and freedom, Miranda explained. I had loads of baby dolls. I always thought I'd be a stay-at-home mom. I rented apartments and took jobs while I waited to find the one Rachel side. I had a couple of relationships that didn't work out. I almost lost hope. Then I met Kimber. I thought my dream was finally coming true. Kimber told me he wanted the same things I wanted. That's why he cashed out his rodeo savings and bought the ranch. He planned to wean himself off the rodeo circuit and didn't want to worry about how he'd pay. He wanted to get in a couple more wins to build his bank account back before he retired, Rachel sighed. Kimber was my last chance. Why do you say that Miranda rested against the pickup? I'm 37. That's not too old to get hitched and have kids, Miranda laughed. I don't know a thing about humans, but you're only 10 in horse years. Mares are most fertile from ages 7 to 15. Rachel laughed. I should have expected you to say that. Heck, if you really want a family, why wait on a man? Go for kids without one if you're in a hurry. A sperm donor Rachel paused. It hadn't occurred to her she didn't have to wait on a man. I'm terrified of being pregnant and giving birth alone. How can I raise kids without help? Most men can't change a diaper to save their life. If your idea of family life is a 50-50 split, you're fooling yourself. You're going to do it alone regardless. The difference is whether a man is sitting at the head of the kitchen table or you, Miranda said. Rachel took in Miranda's words of wisdom. You're the big sister I always wanted, Rachel trotted over to Miranda and forced a hug. Miranda pretended to be put off by it, but Rachel's affection warmed her heart. Rachel was the little sister she always wanted, too. She. Don Aguilar didn't attend every rodeo showcasing his animals but he emailed Miranda that he intended to watch his Bronx in Fort Worth. She knew he would attribute the quality of their performance to the care they received at Keller Ranch. Bring it on, Miranda said, when Rachel read the email aloud. Miranda and Rachel planned to transport the horses to the arena in Fort Worth the morning of the rodeo, stay in town for the Friday night show, then return a week later to collect the animals and bring them back to Keller Ranch. The trip was seven hours one way, which meant waking up at 3 a.m to load the horses. By 4th, they were on the road Miranda drove Kim's diesel duly. Rachel leaned her head against the passenger window and dozed until the sun came up. The staging facility was next to the arena. They unloaded the animals into holding pens and watched them prance around, happy to stretch their legs. I feel the same way after that drive, Miranda said, feeling relieved their work was done. All that's left to do is enjoy the rodeo. She told Rachel as they parked the trailer in the designated area. They had the afternoon to kill before the evening show Miranda wanted to check into the hotel and take a nap. But Rachel insisted they explore Fort Worth. She'd never been there before. Come on, Miranda. How often do we get to enjoy big city shopping, Rachel asked. The answer was never. Miranda couldn't remember the last time she spent money on herself. She never had money to spend on herself until now. Okay, you win, she said. The girls shopped at the high-end Western stores at the Stockyard's Rachel was all about boots and accessories, while Miranda bought Western-style quilts and housewares to replace Kimber's hand-me-downs. They strolled down Mule Alley and visited the John Wayne Museum. Rachel talked Miranda into an Old West photo. Miranda said she'd rather be caught dead than in a parlor girl getup, so she posed as Annie Oakley while Miranda perched herself on the saloon bar. They took a break for brisket sandwiches at a BBQ restaurant then checked into the hotel to get ready for the rodeo. Now that the hard work was done, it was glitz and glamour for the girls Miranda wore tight-fitting jeans, an off-the-shoulder marigold blouse and fancy boots with three-inch heels. Rachel was a bit more conservative, but no less of a looker. She wore bell-bottom jeans embellished with rhinestones and a fitted t-shirt. They settled in their seats to watch roping and barrel racing before the prime show. Bronc riding was the first rough stock event. The girls easily identified Aguilar's stock when it came out of the chute. It's one of ours, Rachel said, gripping Miranda's arm. Neither of them had ever watched a rodeo with more intensity than that night. A good bucking horse bucks fiercely, giving the rider a good ride and score, and putting on a good show for the public. Not only did their stock look healthy, they bucked hard Miranda scanned the crowd for Mr. Aguilar, but didn't see him. She hoped he was somewhere in the very important person area watching the bra. Bron- After the show, Miranda and Rachel strolled out of the arena like they were the champions. They'd pulled it off Kimber would be proud, Rachel proclaimed. I'm too hyped up to sleep. I wonder if Billy Bob's is still around. What's Billy Bob's? The best honky-tonk in Fort Worth. At least it was when I was the honky-tonk type. Rachel googled Billy Bob's Fort Worth on her phone. Sure is. Let's go, Miranda urged her off to a night of live music, line dancing, and drinking. To Kimber, Miranda raised her drink the moment the bartender served it. To Keller Ranch, Rachel returned the toast. Seed. Miranda woke to the sound of her phone ringing. Her head was pounding. She felt the night table for her cell, then fumbled to answer it. Miranda speaking, she sputtered. Mrs. Keller, this is Don Aguilar. I hope I didn't wake you. He sounded chipper. I wanted to catch you before you were on the road back to Mountaintown. She pulled the phone away from her face to check the time. 9.37 AM. She didn't want Don to think she was a lazy lush. Thanks. We were just about to head home. I won't keep you. I just called to tell you it filled me with pride watching our animals perform last night. Your level of care for them. Their drive. It was truly spectacular. Thank you, Mr. Aguilar. His praise was enough to rile her enthusiasm. Perhaps we can touch base after the rodeo regarding which animals we will use in April, and which we will trade out for new blood. In the meantime, my secretary will send the documentation to go forth with the contract option for the rest of the year. That sounds great. I look forward to it, Miranda said. She thanked Mr. Aguilar again and ended the call. Was that Aguilar? The call had roused Rachel from sleep. She rolled over in the other hotel queen to face Miranda. Yep, we got the contract the rest of the year, she said triumphantly. See? Miranda didn't expect to hear from Mr. Agulier until after the stock show. It surprised her to see his name on an incoming call when she returned to Mountaintown. This is Miranda, she answered. She was standing in the farm office with Rachel. Mrs. Keller, Don Aguilar, he announced himself. I am calling with exciting news. Miranda motioned for Rachel to mute the music playing in the farm office, then put the phone on speaker. I was just notified our stock received the Remudo Award. They present the Remudo Award to the best, most consistent pen of bucking horses at the annual Fort Worth stock show and rodeo, he proclaimed with pride. That's incredible Miranda was so excited she nearly dropped her phone. I hope you can join me to accept the award at the rodeo banquet in Fort Worth on Sunday. Yes, I'll be there. Me and my business partner, if that's all right. Of course. I will please reply for the three of us. We will be there, Miranda hung up the phone. Feeling overwhelmed by the good news, she lowered herself into the chair next to Rachel's desk. I knew our stock was good, but I wouldn't dare to dream we'd win this award right out of the gate. I'm happy to go with and support you, but I think I deserve to be up there on stage with you and Mr. Aguilar, Rachel said. Nonsense. You heard me. We are partners. Stop thinking you're not worthy, Miranda lectured. I will when you do, Rachel smirked. I guess we have that in common, Miranda checked herself. Sir. The stockyard's event barn was grand. Warm light from rustic chandeliers reflected off the polished concrete floor. Round tables with crisp white tabletops surrounded a reclaimed barn wood stage and podium. Hundreds of classy cowboys and chic cowgirls mingled in the outdoor courtyard cocktail reception. The women talked to other attendees, keeping an eye out for Mr. Aguilar. Ladies, Mr. Aguilar greeted them, kissing their cheeks. I'm not sure if the best part of the night will be accepting the prestigious Remuda Award or receiving it with a gorgeous woman on each arm. Dawn was turning up the charm. The awards ceremony honored the top contract personnel in the sport for their dedication and devotion to rodeo. Miranda felt a sense of accomplishment. But more than that, she felt driven to make Keller Ranch even more successful. As she scanned the list of award winners, she noticed Keller Ranch appeared with Aguilar Establos. She smiled, knowing Don must have requested his subcontractor's name be added. Technically, they were his horses, and this was his award. Though he acknowledged Keller Ranch's role as a subcontractor, he was under no obligation to give her operation credit. Don is a good businessman. He knew it was a fine gesture and good to fortify their business relationship. It also fortified the name Keller Ranch. Since Kimber was not an owner or operator and she had never taken his last name, she thought about changing it. Seeing the name printed on the list of award winners provided clarity Kimber Keller had inadvertently brought her and Rachel and Don together. Kimber made Keller Ranch possible. Keeping the name would be her tribute to him rachel's eyes were watery with pride as she listened to the presenter talk about western history and rodeo heritage we pass these traditions and values to future generations like the cowboys and cowgirls that rode before us rachel may have just discovered this way of life but she already felt deeply connected to it miranda rachel and don were called to the stage to accept the ramuda don expressed his gratitude to the professional rodeo cowboys association then turned to Miranda and Rachel and said, Estoy en duda contigo. I am indebted to you. Y estamos para ti. And we are to you, Miranda said sincerely.